Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mammoth. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? <laughs> it's Zach from Living Corporate, and you know what we do. I say a little thing, I go on with a joke, and then I say something about how we amplify the voices of black and brown voices at work. Um, shout out to all of our listeners, our first and last time listeners, you know what I'm saying, the millennials, the Gen Xers, uh, what's the after the Gen Xers, the um, baby boomers, and then also some of y'all Gen Y, the, uh, Gen Z's rather, excuse me, Gen Y's another word for millennials, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you're new here, you know what we do. We do this through, uh, we amplify voices through authentic, accessible discussions with black and brown leaders. Today is no different as we have Glenn Newman with VMware. Hold up now, Glenn Newman with VMware. I got to go ahead and get just one quick air horn for that. We out here, we out here, we out here. Glenn is a DNI and talent professional with over seven years of diversity and inclusion, campus recruitment, and talent management experience. In his current role in VMware, Glenn is working to make VMware's power of difference communities, or they call those pods, y'all, to take them to the next level by helping them achieve business and DNI program objectives. He is also focused on building inclusive manager and leadership capabilities as the company works to increase representation of underrepresented minorities and women by fostering a more inclusive culture, okay, where employees feel like they belong and they can bring their authentic selves to work every day. Okay, now listen, y'all. That was a whole bunch of like corporate talk to say. Glenn is out here trying to make it better for black and brown folks at VMware to do what they do. Okay. That's all that that was saying. But you know, they got to in this DNI space, we have to kind of pretty things up with these like really flower and flowery and colorful languages, but that's what he's doing. Okay. Now look, previously Glenn managed the overall recruitment of associates and consultants for BCG. Okay. What's up BCG? We see y'all hold up, but it's ain't a BCG podcast. I'm just saying, um, he also had a talent and DNI roles at Travelport, Accenture, Visa, Google as a contractor. See, I like, I like, you know what? Glenn is an honest dude, man. So he sent me over this copy, right? And in the copy, the Google said, <laughs> the copy, it says contract in parentheses. Glenn, you ain't got to be no, that honest. You ain't got to be that honest. <laughs> and he began his career as a communication and change management analyst at Towers Watson. Man, with all of that being said, Glenn, man, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing really well. I, uh, I'm excited to have you here. You know, we had to we had to take some time, you know, but you back in town. We having a conversation. I'm excited about it. So let's you know, we did a little brief intro about you where I kind of gave you, you know, your, your LinkedIn picture. But like, what else would you like to tell us about yourself? 
Um, I mean, I guess honestly, you capture most of it in terms of, like the bio and kind of what I'm working on right, right. Uh, at VMware. I mean, outside of that, I'm an Aries, so I'm a hothead. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I like to ask the difficult questions, um, right. and I feel like anybody who has worked with me before will definitely tell you that I have a tendency to ask difficult questions, but also ask the questions that other people feel like. Uh, they probably shouldn't ask or they don't want to ask. Um, and I feel like I help keep people accountable. You know, like I think it's important to, to be that voice and to have that voice and to push the envelope a little bit. So um, hopefully I can disrupt for the betterment of others. <laughs> Come on now, disrupt. I love that, man. Um, and also you say you're Aries. So I'm a Virgo. Actually, you know, Beyonce and I have the same birthday. I did not know that. I didn't know she was a Virgo, though. I'm saying so. You know, I'm out here as well. I'm trying to disrupt things as well. So, um, okay, okay, okay. So, you're a global diversity and inclusion program manager. What does that mean practically, and what prompted you to take this role at VMware? Yeah. So, I mean, like, quite frankly, I was looking for a role where I can have an impact, and I really. Um, so a lot of my career has been in campus recruiting and diversity campus recruiting, right? And I really wanted to pivot from more of the acquisition side and the talent attraction into the, you know, the development, the retention, um, promotion, engagement, et cetera, right, um, of um, underrepresented groups. And so I was looking for opportunities and I was interviewing for a few, but quite frankly, I wanted to stay in Atlanta. And the good thing about one of the good things about the VMware role is it allowed me to stay in Atlanta. And I say I that I'm always grateful because I get to work in tech. I get to work at a pretty large, pretty well-known tech company, but I get to do it in Atlanta. And I don't think a lot of people can say that same thing. I think the other part of it was I was really looking to have a seat at the table. And I can honestly say that, you know, my manager, um, who's a director and my VP, like they want to know what I think. I mean, but they want to know what everybody else on the team thinks. And so like that's important to me because I've been in places before where my voice didn't matter or was overshadowed by people who are more senior or people in the business. I mean, you know, you've worked in professional services, so mm-hmm. you definitely probably know what that's like. I do. Um, you work in professional services, so you know what that's like. And so I think, you know, just throughout my interview process, it felt like the right fit for me for a number of reasons. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what prompted me to join. And I think, you know, since joining, um, I feel like, um, you know, my expectations have been managed well, but I, I, I think, I have been set up for success and I'm actually doing the work that we talked about doing in the interview, which is good. That is good, man. Cause you know, sometimes it's like you get a job and you think, especially in these DNI roles, right? and I've had these conversations like with other folks on the podcast, right? We've talked to Jennifer mm-hmm. Brown and we've talked to Amy Wanning. We've talked to other people, right? Talked to even DeRay McKesson. Mm-hmm. And we talk about like how like these DNI spaces are, they're slowly becoming decolonized, but like there's still a lot of like work to do to like really get stronger, representation in these spaces right. right you end up thinking oh you know you're over here like oh snap i got this job and they about to they about to uh you know really give put me a seat at the table give me a voice <laughs> and you turn around you're talking about <laughs> like not jokes on you you know what i'm saying <laughs> you have I mean, no seat it's so though and i think like just given my personality and i mean i, I attribute this to professional service like i grew up in professional services right like from towers watson from working at accenture for over two years from the bcg i mean those organizations move quickly right and they're all about like high caliber work um high quality work quick turnarounds and so i think coming to vmware and i think in industry in general industry is a bit slower right and so i think i have to manage my expectations around what i can get done what we can get done what the business is ready for. And so I think I'm definitely learning those lessons. Um, you know, 
and I'm still working to manage my own expectations. <laughs> that's real. No, no, no. That's real. It's it's and it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Because sometimes, like I said, it's just it it takes time. I think there's a lot of when I and I I've, I've had this conversation multiple times too. Is like, I think it's easy when you if you don't have like black and brown people like in these roles. Um, that you, like it's easy to forget like the emotional labor that it takes to do this type of work, right? Like it's not just like oh right. It's human. Like you're dealing with human beings, and you're dealing with human beings that look like you, have similar stories to you, um, mm-hmm. that you're really trying to impact. So I definitely <clears throat> get that. Um, and managing expectations is always important. Um, let's talk about yeah. let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, you know, DNI continues to be like an area where organizations are focused on, especially in tech. So. What do you believe has been the motivation for VMware to continue to expand their DNI office? Because, like, I feel as if I don't know. Like, you know, we've had some research. We have white papers, you know, on our website. Like, oh, by the way, hey y'all, mm-hmm. check us out, y'all. We got we got white papers. Like, don't don't play with us. Straight up. Okay, we got white papers. Mm-hmm. And in our white in our re- <laughs> in our research, everybody knows like a common statistic is that eight billion dollars a year are being is being spent, and I would argue wasted. Um, in DNI today and that we're not really seeing tangible results so like um, and especially as you think about like the economy as it stands today like why do you think in this point in time VMware is still expanding the space well I feel like a lot of the times we hear about like it's the right thing to do and we do it for the business right so I hear right. that a lot and not and, and not specifically at VMware but just in general right um, and I feel that to say I think those are the reasons we're doing it right like we're doing it because uh, we genuinely believe right ac- across the company especially from a leadership perspective um, that it's important um, and that specifically like we call our pods that I mentioned earlier the power of difference communities mm-hmm. like we believe the power of human difference allows us to develop better products to build better products to, to better serve customers to better to be better partners right um and then to innovate so i think there's definitely a business reason behind it but then i also genuinely feel like there are leaders who think it's the right thing to do and i think it's interesting because um you know like the there's the winning the hearts and minds of change right mm-hmm. so i think you have to people with the pathos for the people who you know you you relate they relate to that but then you have to have you know um the the practicality and the business perspective for others as well the data has showed that people like once they connect emotionally to diversity and to diversity and inclusion yeah they're better able to kind of buy in right. to it as right. opposed to just connecting to the business so i think we definitely have some more of that uh work to do to continue to continue to pull at people's heartstrings but then also make it real for them so that they genuinely buy in and not just because it's the right thing to do from a business perspective but it's the right thing to do from a human perspective that's a really good point. And I do think it's both and right. I think organizations often fail when they try to do one or the other, because like the reality is some folks just not going to care. Right. But then you got, right. but then you got other folks who are like, okay, I'm a care as much as it benefits my bottom line. So if you can point to me, like how this can benefit my bottom line, then I'm all for it. Right. I think the challenge, mm-hmm. the challenge that I think something that has yet to be quantified is like the amount of time organizations waste um, and like, and like really calculating turnover. So like, we know the turnover data is bad, like in tech, like, but like those, th- those numbers have yet to really be fully published. Like, I don't think any one organization has really like really, really, really gone into like the comparative anal- analytics on their turnover data. But like, I think if really one was to look at those numbers alone, they'd be like, Hey, yo, we got to do a better job. Cause like, this is crazy. I mean, you just, it's just over here. Like 
but like opposite, like in reverse. Like you know what I'm saying? It would be like that sound, but you know, <laughs> like a wah wah wah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and, and then, and then over time, you know, organizations organizations are so like monolithic. They're so white. And they're so straight. They're so male. You know, I'm looking on my job board. I'm looking at the job board. I might see a job. Let's say, let's just say, like I'm a person of color. I'm on the job board because I I I know that this place isn't inclusive. I'm looking at that job like. I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. You know, I'm sorry to this man. I don't even recognize. Man, listen, <laughs> Glenn. I've been so excited to use this soundboard. Man, I got some. New I songs. love that. Oh my gosh! If you know how many, if you knew how many times I say that, like you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't- I don't want to sound foolish. I don't want to sound ridiculous. I don't want to, I do not know who this is. And so let me pivot. Right. So, so you talked about the power of difference in these communities. I really want to mm-hmm. now look, I'm not trying to have you spill any secret sauce um, out, you know, so, <laughs> but, but I want to learn more about the strategy of these power, these power of difference. And really, frankly, I want to like talk to more about this offline too. Like what's the strategy with these pods? Like, like what are y'all right. trying to achieve? What is this looking like? Like, how did this come about and what practically speaking, like how does it fit into y'all's DNI strategy? Yeah, I mean, like honest DNI strategy overall, there are three kind of key pieces. There's the representation piece where we talk a lot about uh, increasing representation and focusing specifically on underrepresented minorities and women. And what I often tell people is just because we're just because we're saying we're focusing on does not mean it doesn't mean that we aren't also working to increase representation of other underrepresented groups. And Mm -hmm. I say that because I really think it's important for people to know that we're doing both. So it's a yes and. And again, these things are not mutually exclusive. The other part of it is building a culture of inclusion, right? So focusing on culture and what what that really means. And then the third piece is thought leadership. How are we tapping into podcasts like this to let people know that, okay, VMware is an inclusive place to work and we're working to make it an even more inclusive uh, place to work, right? And then how are we sharing what we're doing and the impact of the diversity and the inclusion that it's having on the business? Um, <clears throat> so I say all that to say our pods, the power of different communities are really our ERGs, right? Okay, so employee or business resource groups. And I think we are, we are at a place where we are really trying to take those ERGs known as pods to be more BRGs. How are the programs um, and the initiatives and the sponsorships and things like that contributing to the business, whether that be in terms of professional development of underrepresented groups so that they develop and and have talent moves and move into different roles and are contributing more to the business right whether that means we are uh, attending various recruiting conferences and thinking about building pipelines in stem and in tech of underrepresented groups um whether that be you know high school college what have you you know um, experienced professionals or is that we're partnering with other nonprofits in the space um to like you know to talk about what we're doing and help other companies and partner with other companies and then or you know like a lot of companies especially companies who are b2c right so when you Mm -hmm. think about like big consumer goods or just any company that sells products directly to consumers they think a lot about and have a lot of conversations about how do our products reflect our consumers right Mm -hmm. so if you think about some of the large uh consumer um consumer goods or or cpgs or those companies they're really thinking about those things and so i think for us it's how are we making sure that we're getting the the opinions of our employees who are underrepresented or in underrepresented groups and how are we leveraging that that thought leadership that knowledge that know-how to further develop relationships with our customers to build better products to innovate right and so i think 
um, ideally we want to get our, our pods to a place where we're doing more of those things. That's a really exciting vision, right? Like, so you're thinking of, so basically these pods, I mean, they're genuinely, if effectively strategized around and activated effectively are real difference makers and you have them basically stratified across the business. That's pretty exciting, man. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's, it's a bit easier for people in general to make that connection when you're walking into like a grocery store and you're picking up a product on a shelf and thinking, how are people who look like me or like me thinking about buying this product or consuming Mm. this product? And so for us, it's different because again, we're B2B and we have to think about it differently. Um, I do think it's ambitious, but I think it can be done, especially when you think about relationships, building relationships, and then again, innovating. A hundred percent. Okay. So what, what are you most excited about when it comes to your role in VMware in 2020? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think what I'm really most interested in is, so quite frankly, we have, and this is public knowledge, so we have uh, closed the uh, acquisition of Carbon Black and we are working to close the acquisition of Pivotal. So as a result of that, our diversity and inclusion team is going to be growing. And so I think what I'm looking forward to is the growth of our team, uh, which means one, we can do more. And I think also I'm looking forward to the opportunity to partner more with the business and be more of a diversity business partner. And so I think you can think about it from like the, there's the DNI engagement piece, which around the pods. And then there's like the education piece around unconscious bias and how are we um, educating our managers, our leaders, our employees around inclusion and topics like privilege and microaggressions and things like that. Right. And then there's sitting in the business and working with business leaders and managers to develop plans to actually move the needle right in a different way than on the, you know, the education, the engagement, uh, that side. So I think that's what I'm looking for. I have an opportunity to really partner more, uh, more closely with the business in 2020 as a result of our team growing. My goodness gracious, I got to give you a flex burn for all that, though. That sounds incredible. <laughs> that sounds no. awesome. Shout out to your acquisition <laughs> as well. <laughs> right. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you know, you're talking about what you've been doing at VMware. You're talking about um, like some, some of the strategic visioning around the, the pods. Um, again, it does sound really ambitious, but like, I don't think when I say ambitious, sometimes people say ambitious and they really just hating, right? It's kind of like, it sounds a bit ambitious. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's ambitious. Like, wow, this is very positive. Like, this is incredible. I'm really excited for what, for what y'all are trying to drive. This is my question though. Um, what advice would you have for organizations really at the beginning of their DNI journeys, right? Like maybe they don't even have ERGs or BRGs. And then what have been the lessons learned for you? It's kind of like the B part to that question. Yeah. So I think like advice, I think for companies who are just starting, I don't know. I think it's like, I don't know. I always go back to like the change management, right? Part of it, right? So like thinking about how are you really pulling in leaders? How are you having it? Um, how are you having your efforts so that they are leader led and it really sits in the business and leaders are held accountable for? So I think that accountability is super important and not just leaders, right? So it's like um, if like VPs and above are the only people who are held accountable, then what happens to other people who are directors, senior directors, et cetera, who lead teams are not held accountable. So I think accountability is big. Um, and I think for companies who are just starting out in general, like just starting out the company by having an inclusive culture and kind of ingraining that into people and educating people um, from the time that they join the company, but even before they join the company, like through the onboarding and through the, acqui- the talent acquisition piece, right? So I think that's the advice I would have. And then really just kind of walk the talk, right? Because I'm one of those people, I really, really value honesty. And I think I'm really good at sensing BS, right? A lot of us are. And I think we know when someone, um, and being honest with us, 
And when they're just kind of like giving us the, well, this is what we're working on. And it's like, mm, that's not really what you're working on. Just be honest with me, right? right. If you have room to, room to grow, say, you know, these are the two things we're doing. However, we need to be doing these five and we're working on it, right? Like, I'd rather somebody tell me that than to say, oh, well, we have these amazing initiatives. And, and it's like, mm, do you really have those initiatives? Or are you just talking about it? And is it just lip service? So that's my advice. And then I think my le- in terms of like lessons learned for me personally, um, <clears throat> we talk a lot about like people of color and underrepresented minorities and black and brown people, right, in corporate America. But like, yes, I'm a black man at VMware, but I'm not just a black man. Like I'm a gay black man at VMware who right. is a part of a global team that um, is not just thinking about bringing in and developing and retaining and promoting more black and brown people, but we're thinking about underrepresented groups more broadly and thinking about making VMware a place where everyone can come and thrive. And and I like to say, be safe, seen and connected or feel safe, seen and connected. Right. Um, So I say that to say that a lot of the things that I've learned personally, I advocate for people who don't look like me or who I don't identify with from a, you know, race, ethnic background um, or other parts of my identity. Right. Right. And it's just really interesting because I think um, by being vulnerable and by being empathetic, I am really able to do that. But it's just interesting how, you know, I can be on a call with people who have a completely different identity as me and but I'm advocating for them. And so I'll give you a real example. Please. Um, a lot of people don't know about the model minority myth, right? And so mm. I've uh, read this book uh, by Ijoma Oluo yeah, yeah, uh, called yeah. You Want to Talk About Race. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. the book. It's amazing. I would completely, like, totally recommend it. Um, what the model minority myth is, and, you know, I'm not, like, speaking verbatim here, but it's really around the fact that people... Um, think about those who are Asian American or Asian as the model minority. And they have all these stereotypes about Asians um, to include like they're super smart. They really, you know, like they want to be in like STEM. They're really good at math, like those kinds of things. Um, A lot of people might think they have a lot of money, but that's not the case. Like when you look at the data, especially some um, Asian American or Asian cultures, that's just not the case. Like the degrees um, or the or the degree attainment from some of the um, Asian cultures, those numbers are significantly less than um, Hispanic, Latinx, or African American Black cultures um, and, and Black um, identities, right? So I think that's one of those things by me just kind of educating myself, reading that book, and then I was on a call and I literally had to stop um, someone and say, "Well, you know, actually, the model minority. This is what it is. This this is why it exists, and this is why we need an Asian at VMware." Um, power of difference community. It's important because there are also people um, in this community who aren't rich, who aren't, um, you know, science, math, STEM, et cetera, majors, and who didn't come from a home where both of their parents were doctors, lawyers, um, you know, computer scientists, et cetera. Man, I love that. And you're 100% right. So I'm going to start at the top of what you said. So you were talking about the fact that you're not just one thing, right? Like you're not just one identity. And I think right. a lot of times, like we really do fail to be like intersectional um, in our DNI work. We just had um, Lionel Lee, who's a, um, a diversity leader over at the Zillow group. And we were talking about the mm-hmm. fact that like when you look at a lot of work today in these DNI spaces, they're mostly like focused on gender. So like even the fact that like we're talking about race and gender to me is a win because a lot of times we'll dismiss race and then say things like diversity of thought or um, just other like just generalized things. But I think you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to LGBTQ space, because exactly because this is what I've been. This is what I've learned. So I'm I'm a cishet black dude. Right. Um, And as I've been having conversations, this was like earlier, like last season, we were talking to Janet Pope. Um, who's the diversity and inclusion leader over at Cap Gemini? 
And um, we were talking about how, like, it's important to make sure that you're being intersectional with the LGBTQ spaces, because if you're not, those spaces can end up being like largely white and like you end up missing out on a lot of different black and brown experiences with that space. You're so right. I mean, like, think about, again, like going back to a gay black man who works in tech, like there are not a lot of us, right? Especially when you think about the LGBTQ community in general. So, so I was at the pride parade in Atlanta for the first time. And I mean, it was just interesting to, for me to like, think about being the only in a place where there are a lot of people like me, right? So whether they were LGBTQ or allies or, or what have you, I was still the only black man there, right? Like, and so and when I say there, I mean specifically with the company who who came, who came out to the parade. Like, I'm sure there are others there. There may or may not be. Um, so I don't want to falsely assume, but it was just interesting again, like looking around and being like, okay, Glenn, like you're you're still the only in this group of people who are like you because of intersectionality, right? And I think lately there has been a lot of conversation around intersectionality in terms of, um, you know, looking at women of color, specifically black women and looking at Asian women, for example. Um, and then also, again, in, from an LGBTQ perspective, there has been a ton of conversation lately around the importance of intersectionality. Um, and there, I was telling the team because last week, like one of the reasons we had to postpone this is because I was at Out and Equal, which yeah. is an LGBTQ workplace summit it's like a huge it was amazing i loved it and i think there was this undercurrent of people getting on stage and really being advocates and allies and talking about how trans women of color are being murdered and no one is doing anything about it and i don't think enough people are having those conversations so it will be interesting to see uh the shift and how people are having more conversations but then also taking action um over the next few years Man, this has just been a super dope conversation, man. I, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time uh, to, to join us. Um, before we let you go, any shout outs, parting words? <laughs> shout outs and parting words. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, like in all seriousness, I would encourage people to read that book. So you want to talk about race by Ijoma Oluo. Like, I think everybody should read it, no matter how you identify because like, again, going back to like a lesson learned, like I literally, I mean, of course I knew I had privilege. Like I'm able-bodied, I'm I'm educated. I went to a really good school. Like I've had the opportunity to go to really great schools. Like, you know, even even in um, middle and high school. And so I reached out to one of my friends and I was like, girl, we got privilege. And you know, we were having a conversation about it, right? And so I like, even though you might be an underrepresented minority or a member of an underrepresented group, I think just realizing those things and being self-aware are helpful. So I would encourage people to read that book and just start to have conversations with people who are not like you to increase your your understanding y'all my goodness y'all i just you know what man i gotta let me see here what i'm what let's see what are we gonna do man we gotta i just i gotta give a i gotta i gotta thank you man i just i gotta i gotta let you know bro because i'm gonna tell you the truth man sometimes you know i have some of these conversations with some of these dni dni leaders and they, you know, they really, and not on, not on living corporate though. Like just, I've, I'm, I make moves. So I talk to people, right? Let me tell you, they be talking to me in the back of my mind. I'm over here like, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you being authentic. Um, taking the time to like really, um, really, really share a bit, right? Not, not just about being where, but about yourself. So, um, right. man, so, so yeah, man. So, so blessings to you. Um, and that does it for us y'all on living corporate, you know? You know what we do, man. We, we post this stuff like three times a week. 
we got these regular interviews and we got Tristan's tips and then we got the link up with Letitia all really to amplify black and brown voices at work. Uh, make sure you check us out on uh, Twitter at living corporate underscore pod on Instagram at living corporate. And then, you know, just Google us. You know what I'm saying? We out here, right? Like we, you know, Glenn, like we really, we making moves, man. We got living corporate.co living corporate.tv living corporate.org living corporate.net, you know, living corporate. Um, what else? We got pretty much all the living corporates at living corporate.com. <laughs> now living corporate.com right. is owned by, by like Australia. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that one. But we also have living dash corporate. Please say that dash dot com. So just check us out. We out here. Um, let's see here. What else? What else? What else? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Shout out to Ellen, who was on mute this entire time. But Ellen was here to make sure that I didn't get Glenn or VMware sued. So shout out to you, Ellen. And um, yeah, this has been Zach. You've been listening to Glenn Newman, mover, shaker, DNI leader at VMware. Till next time, y'all. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.